So the title of today's message is Sandcastles, right? I mean, those look incredible, don't they? I mean, I'm sure probably all of us have seen at some point in time, you know, some of those just pictures of, or maybe you've actually, you know, watched some of those uh, competitions. I mean, and those guys who make those sandcastles that look like that are just remarkable, right? I mean, I get a bucket and kind of tip it over and that's about as far as I get, you know, and, but when you think of sandcastles, what do you think of? Temporary, right? They're awesome for the moment, but they don't last forever. And what happens whenever, you know, sandcastles begin to, whenever, you know, they just, after a little bit of time, they kind of end up looking like, now that might actually be the best sandcastle I can make. But, you know, for, for, the, for that first picture to this picture, this is what happens because the environment around it begins to affect what it was, right? Does this make sense? So with this in mind of sandcastles, I want to segue into what I believe that I heard God ask me and speak to me about a week and a half, two weeks ago. And I heard God as I was just laying in bed one night, getting ready to go to sleep. I just felt like God asked me this question. He said, whose kingdom are you building? You know, castles and kingdoms, like, I promise it's all going to connect, all right? So, but you know, but whose kingdom are you building? And my immediate response was to be like, God, of course I'm building your kingdom. Of course, everything I do, I want to advance your kingdom. And then God asked me again, whose kingdom are you building? When God is asking me a question, I've always realized that he's not actually trying to find out information that he doesn't know. He's trying to get me to a point to understand, okay, hold on, wait a second. What is this that I need to be learning in this moment? And so that second time, I still said, God, no, I I am building your kingdom. And then I heard God just ask me again, whose kingdom are you building? And on that third time, all of a sudden, I began to realize, and just all these things just began to pop into my mind, all the things that I was doing, where I was trying to advance the kingdom of Chris, not necessarily the kingdom of Christ. Now, those are pretty close sometimes, but they're still not the same, right? And I just began to realize, I thought, oh my gosh, I mean, you know, God, I, I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this. And they're all, all of those things that I was listing in my head were good things. But I realized that my attitude had changed. And no longer was my attitude at a place of wanting to really and truly advance the kingdom of God. I was doing many of those things because I was advancing myself. Now, I'm sure that none of us have any of those and it's just me. But um, as, as as I begin to realize this. I then began to just sit there and say, okay, God, now that's, that's not, it wasn't my desire. My, my desire wasn't to self-promote. My desire wasn't to become this or do this or let everybody see Chris. But my heart had changed in such a way that I had allowed those other realities just to come in. And so then I just had to sit there and say, all right, God, 
how do I fix that? God, I I don't want to be that way. It's not my intention. So then how do I fix this? And the reality is, is that the first thing we have to do is we just have to be honest with ourselves. We have to stop pretending and we have to stop justifying our behaviors. Come on, right? Oh, no, God, I would never do that for me. I mean, this is all for you, and this is awesome, and look how good I look. Oftentimes, when we are challenged to be honest with ourselves, we say, yes, I will be absolutely honest about my husband or about my wife. Or I will be honest about my children. Or I will be honest about my neighbor. Or or, or about my coworker. I will be absolutely honest about everything that they struggle with. (laughs) So as we go over these things today, I don't want you to think about, Oh, I hope so-and-so is listening. Oh, I hope so-and-so is paying attention. I want you to go, Okay, I need to pay attention. And say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me the areas in my life where I have been building a sandcastle instead of advancing his kingdom. We need to, in order to be honest with ourselves, we have to be able to ask the honest question and make that the the honest assessment of ourselves that the writer in the book of Psalms in, in Psalm 139 said where he says this, He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's a dangerous prayer. It's much easier to search my wife's heart, O God, and show her every area that she's wrong. Right? But what about being honest with ourselves? The problem is, is that oftentimes we don't actually want to know what's really in our heart because we actually know what's in our heart and we're afraid to let that out. We're afraid to be confronted with it. I don't know why, but we have this attitude sometimes or just this thought process that when we say it out loud, it's absolutely ridiculous. However, we all tend to do it. And we think, well, I don't really want to pray this prayer because... I already know what's in my heart. And if God really knew what was in my heart, he might be offended. Well, God already knows what's in your heart. It's not a surprise to him when the ugly comes out. He didn't go, holy cow, where did that come from? It might be a surprise to us. But we have to stop being afraid of what we think God will think if he sees what's really in our heart. Because he already knows. He already knows. We have to now own it and say, here are some things in my life that need to change. Here are some of these areas that I need to do differently. You see, when he shines a light on one of those areas of our lives, or if you're like me, maybe many areas of your life, It's not to bring shame and condemnation. 
We live in a world where it's all about, did you see what they did? Everybody come pile on. And because of that, we get into this trap where we're like, man, I can't really, oh man, what if God really sees or what if God really knows? Well, he already does, all right? But, but, but we, we fall into this attitude of going, I can't really be that vulnerable with God. But when God shines the light on these areas of our lives, it's not to bring condemnation. It's to expose those areas so that he can bring freedom. I don't know about you guys, but I know there are areas in my life where I'm like, if I'm bound in something that I don't even realize that I'm bound up in, I want to be free. Maybe there's things I know that I'm bound up in that I want to be free. Well, you know what? We have to be willing to say, hey, I need help in this area. And let the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit work in us and through us to help lead us into these things. So with that part being said, I truly believe that there are three ways that we can begin to rectify the situation where we have been building our own kingdom instead of his kingdom. And the first point this morning, and it won't be on the screen and I apologize, is humility. If you have notes, write it down. If you have a phone, type it in. Humility. In James chapter 4, verses 6 through 10, it says this, And he gives grace generously. As the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. We have to have this attitude of humility where, God, I need you to show me these areas and I'm going to be honest enough with myself and with you to say, yeah, I struggle in this. And God, now that I'm open and say, I struggle, please forgive me and now I'm going to trust you to help me walk into the next things. Humility is something that happens to us. It happens to all of us. The question is whether or not you're going to do it on your own or it's going to be done to you. Right? Will I respond in humility or will I allow pride to humiliate me? Either way, it happens. And it's just a matter of are we going to deal with it properly or not? When it says that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble, and I know I've used this analogy before, but when it says he actually opposes the proud, it means he takes up military formation against you in that area. But he gives grace to the humble. It's not just divine favor. That is part of grace. That grace is the supernatural enablement of God to do what he has called you to do. So when we are humble, he gives you the ability to do what he has called you to do. 
He gives you the ability to actually walk into these things, to start advancing his kingdom and not your own. Because, man, some of us, if, if we're honest, some of us have been doing these things so long of advancing our own kingdom for so long that we're going, who am I going to be if I stop? This is now who I am. So how is this going to look? I'm here to tell you, that's an attitude of pride because that's saying, I know better than God does in this area. I'm better than God is at this. Now, we wouldn't say that out loud, but that's the reality of what we're doing. And so now the opportunity is for us to say, okay, God, you you are revealing these things to me. I recognize that I have been building my kingdom instead of your kingdom in these areas. So... I am going to humble myself. I'm going to allow you to do it through me rather than me continuing to do it in my own strength. I know in my own life that whenever I do things in my own strength for too long, which is, I always do it for too long, I get worn out. I get burned out. I just get exhausted. But when I just rely upon His grace... It's amazing how I'm just able to do everything he's asked me to do. Don't rely on your own strength. Be humble. We need to lead by example. We need to honor the gift in others. One of the greatest ways to be humble is to show honor to other people who have gifts that are different and better than yours. That's a great way to be humble. Don't be insecure and intimidated. Be humble in honor. Jesse could be up here and he can play any instrument up here better than most people. Well, maybe not the piano. But other than that, you know, it's a... And no matter how hard I try, I barely get by on the guitar. And there are days that I'm like... Man, I wish I was like that. But the reality is, is that nobody wants two Jessies. No, I'm just kidding. No, they, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Kind of. No, it's uh, better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, yeah. He just turned off the mic. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. The reality is, though, is that sometimes in our own insecurities, We get threatened by people who have different and better giftings than we do. And then we just sit there and we create a bad attitude toward them. And what is that doing? That is us advancing our own kingdom rather than advancing the kingdom of God. See, the truth is, is that I need Jesse to be everything that God has called him to be so that I can be everything that God has called me to be. And Autumn needs both of us to be everything that God has called us to be so that she can be everything God has called her to be. And Kathy, the same. Sally, the same. Mr. Tim's not here this morning, but the same. Troy, the same. Paula, the same. We all need each other's different giftings and abilities in order for us to be able to be who God has called us to be. Because what we tend to do is we tend to look at ourselves. And we may not do this out loud. We may not even do this trying to. But we end up looking at ourselves and go, look at me. That was, that was pretty good. I mean, wow. Without realizing that all we are is a pinky on a hand. 
And that pinky by itself just kind of, hey, that just is what it is. But the whole hand actually can do something together. Does that make sense? So point number one was humility. Point number two, in order for us to be able to advance his kingdom and not our own, is not only do we have to be humble, but we have to remember what he has done in our lives. We have to remember where he's brought us from. We have to remember what he has done. It is so important to recall and remember the moments where God has met you in your life. All throughout the Old Testament, we see it where God is telling the people of Israel, I did this, now build a memorial here. That memorial wasn't to go back and worship. That memorial was to be a remembrance of what God did. In this area, when we came here, when we were in this moment, God did this. And it's going to be a physical thing that I will remember so that God will never be forgotten in that area of my life. We have to remember the things that God has done. There was a pastor said something the other day, and, and I wrote it down. I'm going to read it, and it says, he was teaching on the absolute importance of valuing the memories of God and everything that he's done in your life. And he said that fear and doubt enter your life when you forget who God is. How can a person forget who God is? By forgetting what he has done. And then he challenges us and he says, fight to steward the memories of the ways that God has fought on your behalf and let your life be filled with memorial stones that would continually point your attention back to him. If you don't intentionally fill your mind with the remembrance of what God has done, the enemy is more than ready to fill your mind with fear and doubt to distract you from the awareness of who our God is. What happens when we begin to allow fear and anxiety to come in? We do things out of our own strength. We do things out of our own ambition. We do things out of our own self-need. And we build the sandcastles of us rather than advance the kingdom of God. In Psalm 77, it says this. It says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. And then in 1 Chronicles 16, 9, it says this. It says, sing to him, sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his mighty strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. Remember the wondrous works that he has done. We have to remember what he has done. This is why it is so important to tell testimonies of what God has done in your life. And it's so important for us to hear the testimonies in other people's lives of what God has done. Because the reality is, is that if God has done it for one person, then you know what? I know that my God has done that for them. So I believe if I'm in a similar situation, my God can do it for me. 
What is a testimony? In court, it's an honest statement of what happened. Or it's supposed to be. It is supposed to be an honest statement of what happened. What you experienced, what you saw, what you went through. And that testimony is what actually helps bring about the justice that needs to be done in a case. So let me ask you this. In the spiritual sense, how many of us are not telling our testimonies because of fear? Or because we think, well, nobody else is going to know. Nobody else is going to really matter. It's not going to affect anybody else. But the reality is, is that if you hear my testimony and I hear your testimony of the the ways that God has met you in your life and done the different things, we can use those in those dark moments and those dark times to say, no, this is what happened in my life. This is what happened in somebody else's life. This is what my God did and I know who he is. And so therefore I know that he will come through again because he is always faithful. When we forget to remember we open ourselves up to building sandcastles. The last point this morning, in order to make sure that we are building his kingdom, humility. (laughs) Remember. That's right. Humility. Remember. And the last one is gratitude. Gratitude. In 1 Chronicles 16, 34, it says this. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, the Apostle Paul writes, he says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do you know what that Greek word there for all circumstances is? All circumstances. In everything, give thanks. Everything. In all circumstances. Sometimes we say, God, what is your will for my life? Be thankful in all circumstances. Oh, no, Chris, that's way too simple. I mean, I'm talking about everything else. Well, I'm saying that when you lay the foundation right, everything else falls into place. When I start with being thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus, when I begin to do that, that begins to actually open up my ability to hear what God is saying and where God is leading so that I can know what I need to do in in, in that part of the will of of, of his calling on my life. But it starts with me being thankful. I know people, and I'm sure probably all of us do, where the grass is always greener, right? If I just this, then. If I only lived in that city, then everything would be fine. If I just get to this job, then everything will be fine. If I do this stuff, then it'll be fine. But all these things, and and, and these people are never, ever grateful. They have no gratitude for where God has brought them, and they are never satisfied in anything. If you don't know those people, ask yourself if you are those people, all right? (laughs) Because I'm pretty sure all of us know somebody like that. 
And that's a hard place to be. But when we begin to do that and we're not being grateful for what God has done in our lives, for what he's given us, for where he's called us to be, then the reality is is that we're building sandcastles in those areas. See, we have to live in a place of gratitude. We have to thank him for all that he has done. I love being around grateful people. I just do. It makes my day better. It makes my attitude better when I'm around grateful people. I really do not enjoy being around ungrateful people for very long. Because it just drags you down. And the crazy thing is, is that from the outside, you can see it in people when they are ungrateful, when they don't have an attitude of gratitude. You can see it in people's lives that you go, man, that's a sandcastle that the waves and the tide are already beginning to wipe away. But this again comes back to what I said at the beginning. Be honest about yourself. Don't be honest about someone else. God, are there areas of my life where I've been ungrateful that I've allowed this tide to come in and begin to wash out this sandcastle that I was trying to build? I mean, think about how long they spent making that. That's a long time. All for what? I mean, other than the fact that it's really cool. But, you know, but long term, all for what? It's not going to last forever. You see, there's an attribute of thankfulness or gratitude that allows us to actually enter into God's presence. In Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, his unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. See, guys, gratitude, not all, or it, it allows us to make sure that we are building his kingdom and not ours. When we are always thankful, we don't allow ourselves to be anxious or to become self-focused. The Apostle Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 3, he says, Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. And let the peace of Christ, excuse me, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. God commands us to be thankful many times in Scripture. There's a reason. Paul also tells us in Philippians 4, we don't have it on the screen, but he also tells us in in Philippians 4, he says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything give thanks. They have actually done psychological studies that they claim prove that anxiety and gratitude cannot function at the same time. And that to me is incredible. Because God's been telling us that for 2,000 years. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, give thanks. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will come on you. If you find yourself being anxiety-ridden, 
If you find yourself being making decisions based out of fear, I want to challenge you to do these things. Humble yourself so that God can give you the grace. Remember what he's done and then thank him for it. Because that is how we make sure in all those areas of our lives, even the good things, that we are advancing his kingdom, not our own. Some people say, yeah, but Chris, that seems like you're really trying to just make sure that you're not worried about messing up. I'm not worried about messing up. I just want to be so close to him that I have to be dependent on him in the next word. Because if I live at a place that is just dependent on his word, it keeps me from building my own kingdom. If my attitude is, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? That will change your life. Because it puts us in a place of just saying, I just want to hear what you're saying so that I can do what you're telling me to do. When we position ourselves there, it keeps us from building our own kingdom. And even if we begin to start building those sandcastles, it's so easy for God to bring us back on track because we are putting ourselves in a place of being dependent upon his word. Does that make sense this morning? Guys, let's stand. We're going to pray and be dismissed. As we'll have people up here who would love to pray with you after service if you need prayer for anything. If you don't know Jesus this morning and you would like to know him as your Savior, please come up and get prayer. Do not leave here without knowing Jesus because I promise you your life will change forever. Father, we love you.